Part thirteen of the Fates of the Princes of Dovard by Kenneth Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Puil and Rhiannon, or the Book of the Three Trials. The third branch of it, and the name of this branch, the coming of Abkil Coid, and the three trials of Pul Penanon. Four, the Council of the Immortals, and the Declaration of the Fates of the Princes of Dovard. That night the gods were gathered again in the palace of Hugh Gadarn in the Widthfa, considering the fates of the princes of Dovard they were, the fate of Puil Penanon, and the fate of Priderif ab Puil, and the fate of Rhiannon Ren, the daughter of Hevaith. Difficult it is, this raising up of immortals, said Hugh the Mighty. Difficult it is, this raising up of auxiliar godhood out of the ranks of men. Declare what success you had, Lord Brother, when you made the trial of him in the forge of Penganyon. Such success as it was, said Gofanon Abdon, sorrowful success. He withstood the temptation of the spears, although they were proud, peerless, pointed piercers. He withstood the temptation of the shields, although there would be few among ourselves that would not desire them. But the swords were more desirable than he could withstand. He chose a sword from Penganyon, rather than to be watching on the Gorseth. "'What will be written on the web on account of this?' said Hugh the Mighty. "'Let the Lady of the Silver Wheel, Ariannrodren, Don's daughter, declare the fate.' Ariannrodfen stood forth, and turned her wheel in the heavens. The threads are the deeds and meditations of men, and the spun web is their destiny. "'It is failure!' she said undoubtedly the desiring of such a gift would be the hindering of immortality the gods sighed and betook themselves to silence and to their musings while arianrod considered that which had been spun but it would not be irrevocable said she when it had become clear to her another trial of him would be made another trial would be made and it was made said hugh Gadarn. What success was with you, Malenren, when you hosted your armies in the valley? It is known, said she, he withstood pride when the privilege of the great battle-breakers was offered to him. He withstood fear when I poured it upon him from all the quarters of the world. But I caused it to seem to him that watching was in vain, and that he might save the land by prowess when the wisdom of the one that sent him had failed. Very subtly I laboured to accomplish this, and when I had accomplished it, he came down from the Gorseth. "'Let the wheel be turned,' said the Mighty One, "'and let the fate be made known.' Ariandrod turned her wheel. "'It is failure,' said she. "'It is a gulf between him and immortality.' "'Make known to the immortals whether it would be irrevocable or not irrevocable,' said the Mighty One. "'Make it known, Ariandrod Ren, if it please you.' She turned her wheel in the heavens and read the writing on the web. Three trials for the Cumro, said she. There would be a third trial for Pool Penanun, though hard it would be for him to obtain success in it. Thereupon Keridwen came into the hall, and with her Gwydion, the son of Don, the initiator. The gods rose up and gave the greeting of heaven and man, and had the two greetings from them in return. Let it be known from what labour or from what happenings you come said hugh the mighty 
from the third trial of puil penannon we come said keridwen the third trial is accomplished make known what success with you said the mighty one eagerly the gods desire to know this woe is me on account of the success said she here is what happened to me she said i tried him not by pride but by pity i used spells that heretofore have been unacquainted with failure and he withstood them then i took the last spell of all according to fate and law and custom and precedent and necessity and exercised the whole of my power i went to him in the guise of rhiannon wren few but the immortals would not have been deceived his vision became less than clear his purpose became less than all dominant his heart became less than unshakable sorrow and tears overtook him he came down from the gorseth he quitted the throne of watching the gods shook their heads sadly and slowly musing within themselves woe is me on account of the success they murmured let the lady of the doniaid declare the fate said hugh the mighty ariandrod turned her wheel the immortals shed not tears said she this also is failure it is known to me already that the cauldron was prepared for him said hugh gadar it is known to me already that he would have been in the cauldron relate to us keridwen whatever may have befallen very wonderful is pere dadeni the cauldron of keridwen wren whosoever may be put into it if he be dead he will return to life and whatever name he may have had before he will have a new name after the cauldron was prepared said keridwen shamrock and mistletoe vervain and nettles nothing was lacking that should have been boiling in it i brought him through the air from gorseth arbeth to the house of the cauldron sleep and oblivion were on him while i brought him as for what befell then it would be well for gwydion abdon to relate it thereupon arose gwydion the son of don the initiator it was he that initiated brython and Airwis and iron and iron and modron indeed five battalions of the mighty wise he had the aspect of a bard and of such a one that if he were singing the winds of heaven would grow calm and listen to his verses and if he were relating a story it might well happen to the imperial stars themselves that they would lean down from their thrones to heed him and that for as much as a thousand ages if he desired it and in oblivion of their splendour until the story should have been told he had an alder wand in his hand studded with nails of welsh gold with that he would be working wonders whenever it pleased him nine regal and handsome youths were watching beside the cauldron said he and i myself was the tenth at the head of them as soon as pool penannon rose up from the throne on gorseth arbeth the liquid boiled over and was wasted and there was no saving it i kept the three drops of wisdom but it was clear to me that they would not be for pool then i filled the vessel again and put in what herbs there were so that it should be ready for the chieftain when the queen of the world might bring him if it should please the mighty one let him direct for whom the drops shall be of those who have need of them among the cymry of the island of the mighty said hugh gadarn who will be the best man and the one that is nearest to deserving them there is tyrnion turfliant said keridwan it would be hard to find his equal 
even if one had the vision of Drem, the son of Dremidid. When the gnat arose in the morning with the sun, Drem could see it from Gelliwick in Cornwall, as far off as Penblatheon in North Britain. Ariandra Dren, said Hugh Gadarn, make known, if it please you, the deserts of the King of Gwent. Thereupon, Ariandrod threaded upon her wheel the deeds and meditations of Tyrniontur Fliant, King of Gwentiscoid, and turned the wheel and span. Undoubtedly he will deserve the three drops, said she. Let them be taken to Caerleon on Usk, said the mighty one. Let them be dropped upon the lips of the King Turfliant while he is asleep. As to what came of that dropping, it will be made clear in the story of Rhiannon and Priderif Apul. What herbs were in the cauldron when the chieftain was bathed in it? said Hugh Gadarn. Vervain and nettles, said Gwydion. There were no herbs gathered beyond those two. Let the lady of the Doniaid declare the fate, said Hugh. Ariandrod turned her wheel. Vervain of oblivion, nettles of sorrow, said she. Sorrow and oblivion will the fate be. It is not given him to become one of us. The gods sighed. It is not given him, they said. As for the queen, the daughter of Hevide Hen, said the mighty one, let it not concern her. It is not she that will be without consolation and reward. She shall have her mountain palace here in Wales, either Moral Shabod in its majesty, or one of the peaks of Eirifel, or a mountain by the Tiwi in the land she has loved. It shall be requited to her. She shall sway the Brython. In all things she shall be the equal of the gods of the Cymri throughout these islands. She shall forget the one for whom she toiled and suffered. His destinies shall be nothing to her from this out. The immortals nodded. Less would be unfitting, they said. Then Rhiannon rose up. Her body was slumbering in the palace at Arberth at that time, but she herself was with the gods in the Withfa at council. It shall not be so, she said. O oh, mighty one, I marvel at this. O oh, clan of Hugh Gadarn, is it thus that you would obtain new gods from among men? I will not suffer this man to be forgotten. By Kaigans and the lonely one that dwells in it, Pool Penanon shall be immortal yet. As much as that we could not ask from you, said Hugh. The gods, truly, are not without consideration and gratitude. It is your due that you should have the dragon kingship of these islands, godhood and honour among the gods of the Cymri. It would be unfitting if we were to ask more from the one that came from afar to help us, or if we were to grant her less. All that the gods could ask of you, you have accomplished, and even more. Take you the reward that is offered. No, said she, I will take much more. What I will take will be immortality for Pool Pen Annan, even if it be not until the head and end of a hundred ages. Were the price of what is offered me, said she, that he should be forgotten and should forfeit godhood, I would take the lives of oblivion instead. I will not suffer that your whole effort to raise up immortality in him shall be wasted. You shall have two gods from this labour of mine, Pool Pen Annan and Prideri Fapul. Beyond that, I shall remain upon earth for the protection of the Demesians. Pool Pen Annan gave them over to Abkilcoid. Neither you nor any of us could drive him out. I could hold the land for my lord Pool, 
said she i could prevent the triumph of abkilcoid in a thousand ways and undoubtedly i will prevent it let the daughter of don wren turn the wheel said the mighty one let the fate of the princess be made known ariandrod turned the wheel it is known what fate has been offered said she if she will accept it there is this for her no one shall hold more honour among us than she will as for her son prideri no harm will overtake him he shall be fostered by the best of the cymri even it might be that what came to pulpen annan will come to him also and it might be that he would succeed where his father failed and that he will become immortal but if such a fate as that be not accepted there is this other her son they shall accuse her of slaying it is known already that abkilcoid has stolen him and there will be no defending her against this charge for years and years she shall do penance for it sitting from dawn to sunset at the palace gate at arberth making known to any that may ask on what accusation she is condemned to do penance there she shall have no consolation from the three singers of peace she shall have no news of pridery until he is a grown man and even then it is not known whether she will have news of him it is not known whether she will ever have news of pool penannon hardly will it be given her to make any stand against her enemies hardly will it be given her to protect her friends from them blind she will be also and thus it will remain with her unless pridery or pool should save her until she shall choose to forgo that fate and take the fate hugh gadarn offered her yet if she should undertake this truly it may be that pool penannon will be saved by her it may be that he will come into the cauldron again and find the four herbs there even that he will obtain his immortality in the end but it is not known it will be in accordance with what deeds and meditations i may get from him for the spinning from this out if there should be any imperfection from him there will be no saving him it pities us rhiannon said the gods it pities us that you should suffer such a fate as this it pities you said she never was it unforeknown to me i came down out of my father's kingdom for the sake of pool penannon and for the sake of the cymri of the island of the mighty and for the sake of raising up new godhood as is known to you i see little evil in this if the fate were worse i would take it and i would not forgo it while it might still be possible to awaken godhood in this chieftain are your hosts so triumphant on the borders of space that there is no need for new warriors pool penannon will be the best of auxiliars on the day of conflict he would be equal to an army i know how lofty is his soul he the impetuous as a fire in a chimney undoubtedly i will take this fate hugh the mighty rose up from his throne let it be so said he then gwydion arose he was mantled about in a glamour of gold and green unstable jewel luminous mists floated about him his hair had the magnificence of the peacock above his head lady said he as for me if there is any bringing pool pen annan to the cauldron i will accomplish it it will be an honour to me to do this then the primitive bards came down from their shining thrones in flaming wavering wonderful beauty they came 
and bowed themselves down before the Lady Rhiannon, Blenneth, Alaun, and Gudon. If the prince, the son of Don Ren, should succeed in this, said they, and adversity should still befall Pool Penannon, we will not rest day or night until we have requited him, and we will labour for him and be beside him as far as it may be permitted to us, and this we will do also for Pridari Fabpool. Then said Hugh the Mighty, Listen now, you immortals, if it should happen to Pool Penannon to succeed at last, this promise is made to him. Much greater shall be his throne and pomp among us here than it would have been if he had come among us now, and much greater shall be the throne and the pomp of the princess also. The dawn came, and Rhiannon returned to her sleeping body in the palace of Arberth and awoke. Adenfunach had disappeared. Prideri had been stolen. The whole fate that Arianrod had foretold for her came upon her. The eyesight waned from her beautiful eyes. Her beautiful hair became white. Day by day she took her place at dawn at the palace gate, doing her penance. When they had accused her of destroying the child, she had been at no pains to answer them. Year after year went by. Day by day the Tylee waited upon her and protected her, and she instructed them in the secrets of wisdom. There was nothing so beautiful in beautiful Dovard as the old, blind, beautiful queen that sat at the gate in her majesty and mournful dignity. Day by day three came down that she did not see, and had no news of, Pleneth, Alaun, and Guron. Surely they were the most beautiful, the most beloved of all the immortals. Night after night in her sleep she saw Arianrod Wren clothed in the glory of her godhood. Ah, darling, darling of the clan of Hugh, said Arianrod, are you willing yet to take the better fate? I have taken it, said Rhiannon. It is sorrow now and blindness and long waiting, and to save Pool Penannon in the end. This is the end of the first part of the fates of the princes of Dovard, namely, the story of Pool and Rhiannon on account of its relating what befell Pool on Gorzeth Arbeth, it is also called the Book of the Three Trials of Pool. End of part thirteen.